Hello, and you're listening to episode 8 of Twin Talk MN. I'm Ryan, and I'm Andrew. Before we start, we just want to give a thank you to Josh F. for helping us with our podcast, and congratulations on what he did yesterday. I also really want to tell you about this great podcast called Secrets of Harry Potter Revealed by Ian F. It's great. It's all about Harry Potter. It's everything you need to know. Now, let's get started. One team that didn't change much over this offseason, but has changed a lot in past seasons, is the Cleveland Browns. Oh, yeah. Ryan, think they can do better this season? Well, last year, they didn't do that well. They had six wins and ten losses in their season. They had a, they had pretty good players with pretty with number one overall pick in 2018, Baker Mayfield. He really threw a lot of interceptions and also I think he was more famous for what he did off the field than on the field. He had tons of commercials. He had more commercials than almost any other person in sports history. Number two all time behind retired NFL Hall of Fame quarterback Peyton Manning. That's a little bit sad. And Peyton Manning has a lot of time. Baker, why are you spending all of your time on TV? Spend your time maybe actually practicing for football. Or spend your time on TV throwing touchdown passes. Yes, then maybe you wouldn't, then maybe we wouldn't be talking about why you're so terrible. They also have amazing running back in Nick Chubb, who last year was one of the best running backs in the league. They also have amazing up-and-coming wide receiver in Jarvis Landry. Those three guys are really leading that offense that last year kind of struggled, but this year... I have a new hope because they have a new coach. They have former Vikings offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski, who last year led the Vikings to a great offensive season. Last year, as you might remember, Kevin Stefanski ran a good kind of football, running a lot with our amazing running back in Dalvin Cook, not really giving the ball too much to our quarterback who struggles a little bit in Kirk Cousins. But when he does, a lot of play action where he fakes to give the ball to the running back, and then ends up throwing the ball to one of our great wide receivers, and Adam Thielen or Stephon Diggs. But now that he's in, yeah. um, now he's in Cleveland, he can have Baker throwing play action to amazing tight end Austin Hooper or David Njoku. He has probably two top thirty wide receivers in Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. And yep. if they want to run, you have amazing running back Nick Chubb and. If I know Chubb gets injured or I know can't play it at the end of the game, you have great running back Kareem Hunt. And their defense is very good behind anchor Miles Garrett. He does have a little bit of anger issues, but other than that, he's a great player. Yeah, he is great. Yeah, I mean, I'd say the Browns could have an okay season, but I'm sorry. They just cannot make the playoffs. They don't have what it takes. Well, I think they might be able to make the playoffs. I mean, they have a top 20 running back who's who can really lead them. They have very good wide receivers, and their defense is coming up to be pretty decent. But, I mean, yeah, their team is good. But, I mean, just their division, I'd say, is really, really tough. I mean, you have the Ravens, who I'd yeah. say, you even have to agree they're going to do very good this Yeah, season. very true, very true. And then you have the Steelers, who, yes, might not do amazing. But, I mean, the team just has a lot of good players behind James Conner. Juju Smith-Schuster, Ben Roethlisberger. What about Nick Eric Chubb, Jarvis Landry, T.J. Watt, Megan Fitzpatrick, Joe Hayden? I mean, that sounds like a pretty good team to me. I agree, but the Browns also have a lot of good parts. And, and if the, they get the a good, Browns look like they have good people, but they just cannot put it all together. If yes, their coaching is no, good enough. I agree. Stefanski is a good coach, and I think he will help them get better. But I'm sorry, just you have two 
many decent players. You need a superstar. You do, Nick Chubb. Chubb is good, but I'm sorry, you cannot just run your team through Chubb. Yes, you can. The Vikings only run through Dalvin Cook. I agree, Dalvin Cook is better Dalvin than Nick Cook Chubb. Dalvin Cook is a lot better than Nick Chubb. I agree. But the Browns don't have to be as good as the Vikings. All they have to do is... I'm not saying they do. But I'm just saying, also, their defense... I mean, yeah, it's good behind Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, Grant Delpit, Larry Ogunjobi, unknown, guys like that. But, like, they don't really have any superstars on the defense. I mean, yeah, Miles Garrett's good. Is a superstar. But, like, sorry. He might miss, like, half the season. Because of, like, an ejection, or fighting someone, or taking a guy's helmet off and beating him with it. Like, you know, normal Miles Garrett stuff. But, like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, they'll be good, but we'll see. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see. That <coughs> the Very NBA, exciting news. The NBA knows when they are now going to start the season. Let's go. But it's not going to be for a little while longer. It's not going to be until at least... Until at least July 31st. That is still kind of long ways away. About a month and a half. Ryan, think it's a good idea to start the season? I think it kind of is, but it's also kind of not. I mean, obviously, they want to play, and I agree. If I was in the NBA, I would definitely want to play too. The NBA really, really wants to get their season done, and they really want to crown a champion. And the players just really want to get back on the floor because they've been away for so long. And I feel like it might not actually be the best idea because we there's so still so much uncertainty with the coronavirus. No one, I mean, it's probably getting it's getting worse right now. It's not getting better. Things shouldn't start opening up. Things should close down more, not open up more. Andrew, what do you think? I mean, yeah, I think it's good that they have a plan. But I just say right now, like no one knows what's gonna happen in even like a week from now. I mean, even with like the death of George Floyd, like. I'd say, like, yes, that had nothing to do with the pandemic, but I feel like that's going to move us back. And then with all these people protesting, like, I'm fine if you want to protest. I'm not opposed to that. But I'm just like, when people are, are protesting very close, I feel like that's going to spread COVID-19. Yeah, COVID-19. Yes, it probably is be good grown. that people are wearing masks. But, like, when you're very close together, like, I don't know. And then, like, I just feel like with the NBA, it's good to have a plan, but just, like, it's still over a month and a half away. And a lot of things could change by then. Oh, yeah. A lot of things could change. But as a point that we could bring up is for to get all the players into Florida, get all the players trained back up, open up facilities. That could take a while. If they just decide after that they'll start games in like a week, they can't get some. There are even some players living in other countries where they'd have to get this right paperwork. And it'd take a long time to travel and pack and get here and unload and find a place that's safe and suitable. So, I think it's definitely going to be a whole process, but in our opinion, probably not the best idea. Yeah, probably not. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we saw the NFL draft. And one of the biggest surprises is with the 32nd pick in the first round, the Kansas City Chiefs took Clyde edwards Lear running back out of LSU. Van, think Clyde edwards Lear was a good decision? Well, I could not disagree with that more. Why in the world would they take a running back, let alone Clyde edwards Hitler, who I agree is good, but it still was not the number one running back available. Fine, if you really, really want to take a running back, for reasons I have no idea why, maybe take the best running back available on Jonathan Taylor or DeAndre Swift. Andrew, what do you think? I'm really confused by this. I mean, yeah, I just say, what? Because I always try to think, what is Andy Reid trying to do the, with this move? The Chiefs coach, who is a very 
Very yeah. smart. A very man. smart man. I'd say he was trying to get an end zone target. Because, yes, they are very good on their offense. They have Super Bowl MVP Patrick Mahomes. Very good wide receiver in Tyree Kill. And very good tight end Travis Kelsey. But, like, Tyree Kill is just a speedster and a deep target. You cannot throw to him when you're inside of the five. Travis Kelsey, yes, he's good. And, like, he is a tight end, so he's a big target. But, like, he isn't really the guy for you to throw to when you're really close. And, I mean, yes, they do have very good running back at Damian Williams, but, like, he's more of a running quarterback. So, yeah. Ryan, do you think this was a good decision? Well, I definitely think that it was a very bad decision. I mean, with the Chiefs, a lot of people liked them because of their great offense, great quarterback, great receivers, and decent enough running game. But what a lot of people didn't like about them was their defense. Their defense really, really struggled last year. It, a lot of teams, when they played the Chiefs, they beat up that Chiefs defense. But their offense was able to come back because their offense is so good. In the first round of a draft, you're trying to take the thing that you need most. You don't need a running back. You need a defense. Andrew, who are some people you think they should have gone after? I mean, I'm just going to wrap this up because we're running out of time. But I think they should have gone with cornerback Trevon Diggs out of Alabama. Great cornerback to go along with Tyron Matthew and Traverius Wood. Or I think they should have taken defensive end A.J. Apanessa out of Iowa. An amazing defensive end that somehow dropped to the second round. I just could not believe that. And I'd say he could be an amazing starter for probably about the next decade. I'd say going into the draft... He, I'd say he was probably my number two defensive edge rusher hmm. behind Chase Young. Yeah? Well, that's all very interesting, and we'll definitely have to discuss it later. Well, here's a very interesting story that has just come to our attention. It's about a great biker who most people thought was one of the best of all time, but tell us some interesting stuff. You might know his name. Um, Lance Armstrong. Lance Armstrong was born in 1971. From a young age, he was a very serious athlete. He was an amazing swimmer and a great biker, too. Each of those sports made him better at the other one. In middle school, he was doing tons of triathlons, which includes running, biking, and swimming, which he was all great at. Lance joined his high school biking team and was the best biker on it. He was amazing. After a couple more years, he started training for the Tour de France. In the early 1990s, he was a great biker, but wasn't really at the top of, the, all, of all the bikers. He wasn't strong enough. He didn't feel he was fast enough. He didn't feel he had the muscle. He, didn't, he just needed that extra oomph, that extra thing in his body that he didn't know what it was. After a couple more years of great biking, but not at the top, he was diagnosed with cancer. His cancer um, treatment took, was a very, took him a very long time and really, really took a hard toll on his body. Doctors told him that it would be really, really hard for him to be a top-notch biker again. And Lance was kind of discouraged, but he said he'd be okay with it, even though inside he didn't. He was kind of angry about that. After he did his first tour, he really, really struggled. He barely even finished the tour. People were saying, ah, oh, he's pretty much done. He's all washed up. But Lance said that he would come back bigger and stronger and a much better biker. After a couple more years, he made a remarkable comeback. He started to be in 
insanely dominant biker. He won the Tour de France in 1999, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004, and lastly, in 2005. That's crazy. People were shocked. And so was the Federation. They were shocked that a guy could go from so low to so high in such a short amount of time. People were surprised that um, he was really, really struggling before, and then just like that, he, became, he becomes an elite biker. What is going on? What is going on with Lance Armstrong? So the Federation said, maybe he's using performance-enhancing drugs. So they drug-tested everyone, and it turned out he was. It wasn't very much. It was a very small trace, yet he was using. There were lots. There was a big trace in his system. When they asked Armstrong why it was there, he said, because it was a skin cream for his cancer. And the, the Federation definitely believed that. They thought, oh yeah, it's okay, just don't use it again. And he promised, okay, I won't. So everything was hunky-dory again, everything was going well, but he kept on going on tours. And he kept on winning. He kept on winning. He kept on winning. He never lost. He just kept on dominating every single time. He would be down by so much, and then just speeds away to the head. Everyone is saying, oh my god, I am shocked. This guy's so good. It looks like he's inhuman. He's just so good. He doesn't even look like a human. He looks like an animal. He's a beast. He's so good. He's such a good biker. And turns out that one of his teammates quickly, after a couple more years, in April of 2010, sent an email to the Federation reading that tons of American bikers were using drugs including Lance Armstrong. And when they tested all of the American bikers, the man was right. All of the American bikers were using performance-enhancing drugs. And Lance Armstrong was full of that. He had so many traces in him. He, was, he had been using drugs for a very, very long time. And he admitted to, to using drugs after a little bit. And the Federation was outraged. They were so mad. Their sport had been made a mockery. The, he had made fun of such of the sport and turned it into who could drink more liquor and who could take um, a harder shot, who could um, just, who um, could find the best drug to use and not who was actually the best biker. The Federation was so mad they banned him from all future tours and Lance was really mad at himself and he decided to join the, to, do, to turn his life into donating money for cancer research and he also biked and ran and swam in many triathlons. He was really, really good in triathlons, and after a couple more years, the Federation discovered that of all the Americans that were using performance-enhancing drugs, Lance convinced them to do it and gave them the drugs. The Federation was, again, very outraged at, outraged at Lance, and um, they banned him from competing in all triathlons. Lance decided to step down from his spot on the Committee for Cancer Research and decided to just not really do anything that special with his life. And just kind of just settle down really with his life. And that is the sad story of Lance Armstrong. Now, today, June 7th, is the birthday of one of the best NBA players of all time, Allen Iverson. Today, he turns 45 years old. He is one of the best NBA players in in 1997, he won Rookie of the Year. 
he also made the NBA All-Rookie Team. In 2001, he won MVP, Most Valuable Player, and the Bet Award for Sports for Sportsman of the Year. He was the All-Star Game MVP in 2001. He made the All-Time NBA Team, or All-NBA Team, in 1999, 2001, and 2005. And he also won another um, All-Star Game MVP award in 2005. He is most known for playing very, very well in the NBA playoffs. He is averaging the most points per game in a playoff game in the playoffs. He number two all time for points per game in the playoffs. That's only behind the amazing Michael Jordan, best player in NBA history. Alan Iverson is also known for having a very successful rapping career in the NBA, which is very impressive since he was also playing baseball. He's also very well known for his nickname, The Answer. Whenever the team needed a bucket, they went to The Answer. Whenever they needed a three, they went to The Answer. When they need the win, they went to, you the, guessed it, the, the answer. answer. Now, sadly, we are out of time. Yep. But it's okay, because our next episode will be coming out in two days from now on Tuesday, June 9th. Yep. So make sure to tune in to Twin Talk MN. And we'd really like to give a big thank you to Josh F. For, for helping us with this podcast. And also congratulations to Josh F. on what he has been doing recently. Also, you should definitely listen to this great podcast called Secrets of Harry Potter Revealed by Ian F. He's made many great episodes, and they're really, really great. And you should definitely listen to all of them. Yes. And again, our next episode will come out in two days on June 9th. And again, I'm Ryan. I'm Andrew. And you're listening to Twin, Twin Talk MN. MN.